the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In the book of Revelation, there is a glory angel that comes after the three angels' messages of Revelation 14. This glory angel is about the most awesome message that will envelop this planet at the time of the end. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, make sure that you call us at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is there right now to take your prayer request and to pray with you. 888-244-HOPE. Today's broadcast with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is the first portion of The Glory Angel. That's The Glory Angel, and you can find the entire message without interruption online at reachingyourheart.com. The Glory Angel is today's Reaching Your Heart, and here is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko. Dear Father, what an awesome blessing to be able to come to you on a Saturday morning and to have the Word of God applied through the power of the Holy Spirit into our lives. Father, we're living in the last time of human history, and we cannot afford to not be fully in line with the Word of God, to not understand it and to live it. But Lord, we can't afford to be legalists or people who boast about how good they are or people who focus on themselves. That's not the kind of growth you want in us. So Father, help us to know the Word of God, to know the warnings of the Bible and the book of Revelation, to apply them in practical living and to look to Jesus and the kindness of God as our ticket out of here. In Jesus' name, amen. William Cullen Bryant once wrote that there is no glory in star or blossom till looked upon by a loving eye. I mean, people glory in all kinds of things in the world. But friend, I'm telling you, the thing that matters most in the glory of God is the love of God administered in our lives by the power of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. In the book of Revelation, there is a glory angel that comes after the three angels' messages of Revelation 14. This glory angel is about the most awesome message that will envelop this planet at the time of the end. The glory angel is, in fact, the fourth angel, the fourth angel's message. And when the fourth angel's message is done, the seven plagues will fall on end-time Babylon, and the good part will happen. Jesus Christ will return to this world. So you cannot afford to not understand the glory angel. The first angel's message, you go to Revelation 14, there are three angels. There's a little bit of a pause. You get to Revelation 18.1, we have the fourth angel's message. So in Revelation 14, the first of the three angels' messages, it sounded in the middle of the second great awakening in the 19th century, which was the greatest religious revival this world has ever seen since apostolic days. It was happening right here in North America. It came after the Middle Ages when the book of Daniel was opened for the time of the end in the year 1798. Many people don't realize it, but the book of Daniel directly predicted that it would be unsealed for the final generation in the year 1798. 
And people all over the world at the end of the French Revolution begin to open their Bibles, begin to look deep within, to understand that this book was understandable. But not just that, they came to understand that Jesus was leading the people of God at the time of the end to get ready for the second coming. So the first angel's message was proclaimed by Bible-believing preachers around the world from 1833 to 1844 with a prophetic loud voice that changed the world. We are living today in a pre-millennial Christian world because of the first angel's message that was sounded in the 1800s. We take it for granted in the evangelical world and other places that we can preach the gospel. But the everlasting gospel was rediscovered in the Reformation, but it was re-experienced in the Second Great Awakening. And it was proclaimed with prophetic power linked with the book of Daniel in the 1800s. So the first angel's message of Revelation 14, 6-7 is God's last day call for us to experience in our lives the apostolic gospel of God's grace. To come to worship God at the time of the end. To not fool around with fake religion, but to get it right with God. So after the falling of the stars in 1833, there was a sense in the Christian world that the hour of God's judgment has come and that we must prepare for the soon return of Jesus Christ. And this message was proclaimed in Europe, in the Americas, and around the world. Take your Bibles, open Revelation 14.6. Let's just read the first angel's message. The Bible says, Then I saw another angel flying in mid-heaven with an everlasting gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation and tribe and tongue and people. And notice verse 7. And he said with what kind of voice? What does your Bible say? He said with a loud voice. A megaphone in the Greek. A megaphone kind of voice. Fear God and give Him glory. Now some people say, Pastor Mike, what is the fear of God? The fear of God is defined so consistently in the Old Testament, like in Deuteronomy 10, 12. The fear of the Lord is to love the Lord your God, to obey Him, to keep His commandments, to walk in His ways. It's not talking about terrorizing the planet here. It's saying is that we are to come to a knowledge of God and to worship God for His character's sake, thus to love God. So fear God, it says, and give Him glory. For the hour of His judgment has come, and worship Him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the fountains of water. The Bible is saying that through the mess of the Middle Ages, God would suddenly bring a prophetic call to the world at the time of the end that would awaken the entire planet to the right of God to have lordship in the lives of his people. And that call would be a call to come to him, to know him, to worship him, to have a relationship with God. You know, we talk about prophecy. Prophecy doesn't mean two cents if you don't have a relationship with God. God has given us these prophecies not to make us tantalizing experts on prophetic details. He has given us the prophecies so we can come into a faith-saving relationship with Jesus Christ to know the eternal God. The first angel's message was followed historically by the second angel's message that had no loud voice like the first one did. That's amazing. You go to the 1800s. These people knew they were preaching the first angel's message. And when the first angel's message was over, they knew they were preaching the second angel's message. God was moving his people through history toward the second coming. In fact, the first angel's message has a loud voice. But when you look at the second angel's message... It is the only one of the three that has no loud voice. It simply sounds. It's not a loud voice message at all like the one before it and the one that will follow in the third angel's message. 
So the other angel's messages are heard around the world, but the second angel's message was not a global message. It had a local application somewhere around the year 1843 to 1844. In fact, the second angel's message is a direct fulfillment of Daniel's 1,335-year prophecy in Daniel 12.12. But those people, the Millerites and others, knew that in 1843 they were interacting with prophetic time and they were coming to grips with the Bible, the Word of God, and they were preparing for the soon return of Jesus. In Revelation 14.8, here is the second angel's message. Another angel second followed saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She who made all nations drink the wine of her impure passion. And we identified in time Babylon. It is the city of Rome that sits on seven hills, identified clearly in Revelation 17. The second angel's message was preached by Millerites here in America. The first angel's message had been preached around the world by a lot of different folks. So why was it so important here? Because in North America, God was calling out a group of people to prepare the world for the second coming of Christ. It was a local message. It came at the end of the second great awakening. Babylon was correctly identified by many Christian scholars and people of faith as the harlot church of the book of Revelation that is identified in Revelation 17.5 as the mother church that has aligned itself with the world. The mother church of the Middle Ages that is the great city specifically identified in Revelation 17 as the city that sits on seven hills has daughters who are just as obedient as she is. And so the Millerites and others came to understand that you can indict the church of the Middle Ages, but if you're following the same principles of worldliness, if you're not in tune with the second coming of Christ, you can be a harlot too. And so the Millerites looked at the fall of Babylon, the French Revolution, the fall of that church-state system. They said, you know what? The Protestant churches are just as fallen because they're not following the Bible. They're not interacting with God's word. They don't want Jesus to come. They want to push the second coming to the end of the millennium. And they don't want to surrender to the authority of God's word in their life. And so they understood that the call was to be given again. Coming up to the year 1844, many of them have been pushed out of their churches. They became what historians call the church of the disinherited. And why were they pushed out of their churches? For the simple belief that Jesus is coming again. Imagine losing your church membership because you want Jesus to come. And so Bible-based religion was placed on trial in North America in the 1800s. These precious people clung to their Bibles for faith and direction and they prayed for Jesus to come. And as they marshaled their financial resources to finish the work of God on earth, they went for broke because they wanted Jesus to return. And they weren't opposed to any church that wanted Christ to come. But when they realized the majority of the mainline churches didn't want Jesus to come, they were forced out of those churches. These precious people wanted to live holy lives for Jesus. And the churches that they were a part of wanted to stay worldly for themselves. They wanted Bible religion that's not based on feeling but on God's Word. And so they searched the Bible and they discovered that any church that follows the church of the Middle Ages by holding to its teachings, its attitude of worldliness, becomes Babylon too. And so they proclaim, fallen, fallen is Babylon, as the second angel's message reads. They preached that Babylon fell in the past. It has fallen again by the daughters of that medieval church. And so they called Christians around the world to full commitment to Jesus Christ to come out. 
When the second angel had done its work in 1843 to 1844, there was a small group of people on earth who kept the commandments of God, including the Seventh-day Sabbath, who were prophetically engaged. And that group of people numbered about 50. 50 people. Do you realize the fastest growing church on earth today came out of that group of 50 people who aligned themselves The fastest growing Christian church on earth today came out of that group of 50 people who aligned themselves with the Bible and Jesus Christ. You see, God is not into numbers. God is into real commitment that's Bible-based. So after the year 1844, the second angel's message had sounded. Not with a loud voice, it had just sounded. The third angel's message sounded, and then this message was given with a loud voice. The third angel's message, friend, will have its loud voice in the future More certainly, when the mark of the beast issue begins in the United States of America. So it sounded, but the loud voice in its fullness is coming. And its loud voice is future because the mark of the beast will be the setting that gives it the loud voice. The third angel's message is the strongest and the most solemn warning ever given by God to men and women on earth. I mean, you cannot find a more direct warning in the Bible than the third angel's message. It is the call that Jesus gives to resist the mark of the beast, which is a counterfeit Sabbath that points to the authority of men to change the law of God. And by implication, it is the call to receive the seal of the living God, which is the true Sabbath of God, which is a sign and seal of the eternal covenant and of our faith relationship with God based on who God is. And so the Sabbath here becomes the pivotal issue in the mark of the beast issue at the time of the end. Friend, there will be a day based on Bible prophecy when the Sabbath will be the question that is arising in the heart of the Christian world because it goes to the heart of who God is as creator and savior. If you do not believe that God created the world as the Bible claims, then you will not believe that God saved it as the Bible claims at the cross of Calvary. I read the creation account, and the Bible doesn't apologize. God came down to this waterless void, and in seven days, he spoke and he terraformed this something in the middle of space that was a dark void, and he made it a planetary system. Now, friend, we have all kinds of experts saying it can't be because of this and that and so on. God said it is. I did it. And at the time of the end, who he is as creator God will be placed on trial And we must accept God based on his claim. And those who accept that are going to be saved because God will reveal himself in the second coming. And when he does, the world will know that he is right and there is a massive deception in play. I believe in science. I'm empirical. I study science. But I'm telling you, scientists do not have ultimate answers. They cannot explain a host of things. And we are faulty to place our faith in men. When the third angel's message is finished, there will be a people on earth that is ready for the coming of Jesus Christ who will honor the gospel and who will keep the commandments of God, all ten of them. Revelation fourteen twelve summarizes the third angel's message. Here is a call for the endurance of the saints. You know, sometimes we as Christians will say, well, you know, I, I'm doing okay, but it's getting hard now to be a Christian. You ever feel that way? I'm struggling to have faith. Dear heart, the Bible said here is a call for the endurance of the saints. Here are those who cross the finish line, those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. 
Pastor Michael Oxentenko will be back in just a moment. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-funded program. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. Call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now, once again, Pastor Michael Oxentenko. The third angel's message warns the world that those who receive the mark of the beast will be alive when Jesus returns. And it says they will be tormented by the presence of Christ at the second coming. Christ is the commander of the Lord's army. He is the leader of a pre-existent civilization. A class five civilization that's intergalactic. And he will break into human history at the end of the age. And the world will know that he is Lord. Friend, I want to face the glory and the fire of Jesus coming and not be afraid of him. What about you? I want to look into his face and not be afraid of the logos, of the powerful creative agent that Christ is. The fire that is at the heart of the universe's energy system is in the Son of God. We cannot face the fire unless we know him as friend. I want to walk into the fire of God's glory and not be consumed or charred by it. I want to see the white hot heat of God's love in flaming fire be drawn to the love that is the fire. What about you? So when the third angel's message sounds, it will appear to falter and fail at first. Why? Because the Bible is clear, as this message is given, as the mark of the beast issue is in play, there will be people who lay down their life to give that message. Martyrs will occur in this country. It will look like the voice of the third angel has not accomplished its sacred work. And many of those who boldly share the message will sacrifice themselves so that others can know. The last persecution is the mark of the beast persecution in the book of Revelation. It is the last persecution this world will ever know that's massive and extensive. Revelation 14, 13 describes what happens after it. Now I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord henceforth. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. And what does the text say in the next line? What does it say? For what? Their deeds follow them. In other words, these people that died proclaiming the third angel's message, their lives mattered. What they did sowed the seeds for the coming of Christ. Their deeds follow them. How do these people die in the proclamation of the third angel's message? That doesn't mean everyone does, but it means there's enough to where it catches the conscience of the Christian and non-believing world. They will die, according to the book of Revelation, giving the message of warning, because they will not bow down to the beast, which is the world kingdom system, They will not worship the beast, which is the world kingdom system. And they will not receive the mark of the beast, which is a church-state test in that world kingdom system. They will be nonconformist at the time of the end when it comes to Jesus and the Bible and the commandments of God. And they will not bow down. Holding their Bibles in their hands, they will not surrender the word of God. Revelation 13, 15. It says it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast. So that the image of the beast should even speak. Now here's the phrase. To cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be what? To be slain. 
Revelation 20, verse 4, Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those to whom judgment was committed. And I also saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony to Jesus and for the word of God, and who had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life, and they reigned with Christ a thousand years. I mean, you shouldn't think for a minute that the mark of the beast struggle will be a struggle that's just easy. It will be worse than the persecutions of the Middle Ages here in this country. It will spread to the world. The entire planet, the Christian world, will be engulfed in this test that will test the conscience of humanity. And at the end of it, Jesus will return. The mark of the beast issue will be and is a life and death struggle for truth, love, at the time of the end. So if you're struggling, how many of you struggle in life? You struggle a little bit. I struggle a little bit. If you're not struggling for the truth today, if you're not really trying to grow in it, then you will not be ready to stand for the truth when your life is on the line. You see, what we do today matters. How we interact with our commitments in the church matter. Our desire to be where the Word of God is shared on time matters. Our efforts to share Christ with others, they matter. Our Bible time, our prayer time, it all comes together. You see, if we're not really... Focused in that today, how can we pass the test tomorrow? And so it will appear that the third angel's message fails because a new generation of martyrs will lay down their lives for the testimony of Jesus and the Word of God, and there will be plenty of people that exit around that time. Friend, when God gives a message for our time, it is the testimony of Jesus. It's not good advice drummed up by men. It's not religious rhetoric going nowhere like nonsense or theology. Most of what we call systematic theology is utter nonsense. It is the testimony of Jesus. God speaks clearly to us. He proclaims his words in ways that we can understand them. It is to be taken seriously and applied to the life. And the testimony of Jesus will always agree with the Bible that is the word of God. So when God raises up a message, what is it tested by? Tested by the Bible. If a man or woman claims to have a message from God and they set aside the Bible by saying, well, you know, it's not really inspired. It's a human book. You ever hear that kind of thing? You can know right then and there, they're not of Jesus. They have denigrated the testimony of Jesus. If they defy its clear teachings, you can know they're not of Jesus. If they set aside the commandments of God... The Ten Commandments. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, Christian preachers today will say boldly, the Ten Commandments were nailed to the cross. You can know right there that that preacher is not walking with Christ as he ought to, or you would not be denigrating the Word of God. The apostolic gospel of God's grace. How are we saved? Are we saved by proving ourselves to God, or are we saved by the kindness and mercy of God seized by faith? Which one? The kindness and mercy of God seized by faith. So if we go for a perfectionism view that says you've got to prove something to God for him to love you. You've got to reach a standard before you can be accepted. You know, you have set aside the gospel of grace. You can know that that's not of God. So it matters. We test everything by the Bible. When the third angel's message becomes loud in the mark of the beast struggle, and when the world is finally warned, it will appear at first as if the third angel has failed. When the third angel's message wanes and the people who proclaim it become weary, the glory angel, the fourth and mighty angel, will follow the third to finish the job. 
And the glory angel that meets the darkness of demons at the end is, in the Bible, the fourth angel's message. Now, we've often heard of the three angels' messages, but there is a fourth angel that will complete the work of the third, and Jesus will return. And the glory angel is the angel that has great authority. Turn to Revelation 18, verse 1. Let's follow it here. After this, I saw another angel. That's the fourth angel. Coming down from heaven... Having great authority, the earth was made bright with his splendor. The first angel's message was given in the middle of heaven in Revelation 14, 6. It says the angel was flying in mid-heaven. But the fourth angel comes from heaven. It represents the descent of God to earth. It represents the second coming. This is the second coming angel. Heaven is coming down here. And so the glory angel is coming from heaven. So the first time the word authority is used in Revelation, it is used to describe the authority of God in Jesus at the cross when the devil was cast out. You know, so when did Christ exercise authority? When he defeated Satan at the cross. Revelation 12, 10, 11. Let's just look at this together. I heard a loud voice where? What does the text say? In heaven. Now, he didn't say I heard a bunch of voices in heaven. I heard a single voice in heaven saying now the salvation, the power, and the kingdom of our God. So it's everyone speaking together as a single voice. The universe is proclaiming something here with unity. There's no discord. A loud voice spoken by many. Now the salvation, the power, and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ, what does the text say? Have come. Well, sorry, we need to leave it there for the first portion of the glory angel. Make sure you join us again next time when we complete this broadcast. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Fenley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. From everybody here at Reaching Hearts Ministries, we want you to know that we do pray that God is reaching your heart. 